The Equest Podcast, Fund's Industry Conversations. Hello, welcome to The Equest Podcast, Fund's Industry Conversations. For this episode, I'm delighted to have Brona Marr, who is a professional support lawyer in the Asset Management and Investment Funds team at Matheson, as my co-host. Thank you very much for co-hosting, Brona. You're welcome, Danny. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. So this morning, we have been speaking at an event that Matheson have hosted in relation to CP86. What was the thinking behind holding a CP86 event at this stage? Well, obviously, CP86 has been topical in this industry for quite some time now. But I suppose why it's critical at this point is the central bank having launched its thematic inspection in June of this year. And we're coming to a really critical point in that process where they initiated it in June, but we're now coming to what some people would seem deem to be the scary phase where possible on-site inspections yeah, are. It's in what Alex Ferguson would call squeaky bum time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so in the context of knowing the inspections are coming along, the, you had the event this morning to help, I guess it was mainly people in regulated firms that exactly. were there this morning mm. and just give them a little bit of insight as to where things are going and a little bit of forward looking uh, as well. So what, what exactly were the topics today? So what we looked at today, we obviously looked at the questionnaire that the central bank had issued to management companies in June and looked at some of the themes that emerged from that questionnaire. What, what exactly were the central bank looking at to see could we identify the sense of direction that the central bank were going in? And we looked at the document request that they also issued in August of this year to see again were there any hints and tips there as to where the central bank are going with this thematic review because we're always looking to see ultimately what the outcome will mm. be, what the recommendations will be on the other side. So then we were looking at how management companies can now prepare for an on-site inspection. So what will that inspection actually involve in terms of the central bank coming on-site, inspecting your documents, questioning people, your senior management, and what then people can expect as the outcome to yeah. the entire thematic review. So looking to the future next year, are we looking at dear CEO letters, setting out best practices or recommendations? Are we looking for at um, RMPs, um, risk man management processes for the various fund management companies that have been subject to the inspection? So it was taking it really from June right through to potentially towards the end of next year when we hopefully we'll see where all this ends up. Yeah. So in terms then, obviously, um, we had the, the, the questionnaires and the, the themed inspections, uh, the desk-based review inspection letters. Uh, and I think we talked about the, the themes that you're picking out of that. So the OE role was mm. one of them. Uh, governance also around the role of the directors and the interaction with the designated persons, particularly with the focus on risk management and investment management. There seem to be the key areas that we, we reckon uh, are going to be of most interest to the regulator based on what their messaging has been so far. Definitely. I mean, a lot of the conversation this morning was around the OE role and the central bank had indicated from very early on when they were launching CP86 that the OE role was going to be a focus. So when CP86 came into effect, they announced straight away we we're going to look at the OE role as part of our, our future thematic inspection. So we did look, we looked at the OE role. It's a challenging area because the guidance is quite limited in what we currently have in CP86. So a lot of firms are struggling to say, well, what exactly are the central bank looking for here? So we went into, you know, what exactly might the central bank be looking for based on the type of questions we've seen them ask? And you know, looking at challenge to resourcing was a big topic. Obviously, yeah. resourcing and substance are so key across the board in CP86, but the role of the director or the person performing the OE role and how they challenge resources in the company. And to make sure is this, this ongoing theme of challenge that they're ch challenging the board and making sure that um, 
they can demonstrate compliance generally. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I guess in terms of looking at outputs then, one of the hopes, I suppose, expectations of people doing the OE role and of the industry generally is that the out, one of the outputs will be a little bit more clarity around the expectations of the regulator of people doing the OE role, what they should focus on, the kind of areas that they should put their attention into, and maybe the areas where they, they shouldn't put their attention into, to give them a little bit uh, of a better steer as to what's expected and what good practice is. Definitely. I think that would be very welcome by industry. And I think how it might actually play out is, I mentioned there that the DRCEO letter often sets out best practices, and I, I think the central bank might discern from this thematic inspection what best practices are in terms yeah. of the OE role and, and take that then to an industry level and say this is what we would like all management companies, yeah. this is the standard we'd like them to meet. Absolutely, and then in terms of outputs generally, I think everybody's expecting a Dear CEO letter, mm -hmm. probably cover the OE role. What else might that Dear CEO letter talk about, do you think? Um, well, of course, it might identify best practices, but of course, on the other hand, it might identify weaknesses or poor practices that it's identified and come up with recommendations as to how uh, management companies can improve um, going forward. So that, that would be the standard procedure in a dear CEO letter setting out best practices and then it potentially identify weaknesses and action items that people and action take. items, yeah, and a time frame then for meeting those action items would be a feature. So people will need to bear in mind that when that letter issues, there probably will be a period within which they need to start changing. Yeah, and I guess if you haven't been so far involved in the thematic inspection, or you you know you're you're not called for an onsite, that dear CEO letter is every chance of applying to all manco. So everybody needs to be aware uh, and expecting it to come and in a position that they can take action pretty quickly because they're not likely to get a ton of time to, to action whatever it is that the regulator would like done. Absolutely. I think that's what we've seen in the past with the closet tracking review and the, or the letters that have issued and other reviews that the timeframes aren't generous generally. So yeah. people need to be thinking. They're around. pushy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so the other thing beyond a dear CEO letter, we talked about the risk mitigation programs and the possibility that, that we'll see that mm -hmm. as as an output from the inspection and based on other themed inspections we've seen recently and how the regulator would approach other parts of the financial service industry I think risk mitigation programs are pretty much a given at least for for some of the firms as an output of this. It seems to be the case and I think that was something we did again discuss at the event this morning was we're likely to see the funds industry not being treated differently to other sectors of financial services and in the future. So RMPs would have been quite commonplace in, in respect of other sectors, but we're going to see this kind of levelling of the type of regulation across all financial sector, services yeah. sectors, I think, in the future. Yeah, and I think in terms of firms themselves, then, particularly if they're, they're go going to be involved in the on-site, it's probably a good idea to manage expectations within the firm and, and uh, to HQ as well there's every chance you're going to get a risk mitigation program and probably your best approach is to engage with it, understand what risks the regulator has identified and how you can how you can address those risks. The regulator will give you action points and um, and so just to, to engage with it positively and try and take it on board um, is going to help you in the long run and help your relationship with the regulator. Exactly, I think that's the case. Um, so then we looked kind of a little bit about beyond uh, CB86 and, and some of the other themes out there governance, culture, uh, and they kind of dovetail quite nicely with a lot of what we see in CP86 anyway. Exactly, because I mean, one of the elements of CP86 was the mapping of regulatory obligations to the DPs within the management company. And that type of mapping is exactly what is now being proposed under, under SEER and the Senior Executive Accountability Regime, where you'll have this statement of responsibility that sets out 
what senior management are in fact responsible for. So very much along the same roadmap that has been set by CP86, it seems that they're going to dovetail quite nicely. Yeah, so not a massive shock or not a massive culture shock. In terms of culture then, um, like the regulator talks a lot about challenge, avoiding groupthink, and, and if you work through CP86, you can see references there to DPs being uh, skeptical or healthy skepticism of the information they receive from delegates and also the boards being challenging and um, you know not taking information at face value. So again, you, you see the, the commonality there. Of course, the, the challenge then uh, for firms is to demonstrate that this is a living and breathing way of uh, running their manco. Um, and so to get that right is going to be a challenge too, a bit, a bit tricky maybe. I think so. Yeah, I mean, very much to date, the focus has been on demonstrating compliance and, and that's the focus of CP86. But looking to the future, I think culture and making sure that the entities that we now have authorised here are demonstrating the type of culture that the central bank want to see. So robust challenge to investment management and making sure that the, there is robust debate at board level. And, yeah. and challenge that they're looking for. Yeah, and I think in terms of engagement from the crowd today, I think so. Lots of note taking, which is always a good thing uh, when you're you're sat in your panel and you're wondering is anybody listening to you. <laughs> exactly, that's a good thing. But also plenty of questions there at the end, and, and quite a few around substance and expectations, particularly uh, if you're involved in in a, a firm that might have to look to up up uh, your level of resources. Yes, I think that has been a concern for what we would call the legacy management companies, those that haven't been through the authorization process in the last two or three years. So because the, the newer management companies have been subject to increased time commitment um, requirements and substance requirements, so the legacy management companies are now asking, well, how are we going to bridge the gap between what we have in place and what the central bank has been seeking in its new authorization? So that, that is a challenge that needs to be addressed, I think. Sooner rather than later, I don't think there's going to be a, a generous transition period allowed or anything for people to bring the resources up to the standards that the central bank expects. I wouldn't have thought so. CB86 has been around long enough. I think it's time to, to knock it on the head. Um, but I think uh, absolutely there'll be expectations that the, the resources across all um, fund management companies are in the same ballpark, albeit that the regulator uh, always looks at each firm individually, looks at nature, scale, and complexity. What is it that that firm is doing? So there is no scale that you can apply to it that is published. It's more of a sense from from the regulator's perspective as to what what a firm needs to do uh, a good job uh, for the kind of activities that that firm is doing. The other question I thought was interesting was around the interaction of the service providers, so the fund administrator and depository with CP eighty six, because um, I guess. Although they're not directly impacted by CP86, they're not in scope, it does have a, an impact on what they do. Yeah, again, I suppose it comes back to this, this idea of challenge, that the central bank will expect the depository to challenge um, the management companies and make sure that they are um, demonstrating compliance. So I suppose that's, while it doesn't have a direct impact, as you said, they need to be mindful that, and make sure that the management company is complying in full yeah. with the central bank's requirements. Well, it's that mindset, isn't yeah. it? It's that mindset that CP86 sets out for everybody in the industry, whether you're in scope or not. It's about allocation of responsibilities, and then it's about challenge and, and making sure that everybody is up to scratch and doing a good thing. And if you're the depository, you're overseeing the manco, and you should bring that kind of mindset to it as well. Exactly. So off they go for uh, their uh, getting ready for their inspections, the fund management companies. Uh, we, we, you know, we, the regulators flagged that the process will start this month, November 2019. So every chance of a couple of firms getting visited before the end of the year. Um, a wonderful Christmas present, I'm sure, if that mm -hmm. arrives. It's, it will be quite a bit of work to get ready. But 
Uh, on the flip side, I suppose at least you have it over and done with and you can get on with your, your year uh, uh, with a bit of a fresher start. With a, every cloud has a silver lining, a very positive, <laughs> Danny. <laughs> I know, you're going you're to find the positive. Well, I guess the positive is uh, if you're earlier in the process, the regulators uh, will uh, have a bit more of a blank sheet as they get later through and they've been to more and more firms, they'll already know. Uh, they'll have seen patterns emerge of areas of concern or issues and so if you're later in the process you might find that the regulator is straight into where they have a sense from other firms that there's issues whereas if you're earlier you might uh, it might be a little bit of a broader conversation so if that gives you comfort <laughs> I hope so <laughs> thank you very much for joining me Rona. I really appreciate it uh, and we'll catch you next time on the Equest podcast thank you the Equest podcast funds industry conversations 